0: The reason these disturbances—they followed you to a new home—is because it's not the house that's haunted; it's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest. June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. To say I'll be right back cause you won't be get another beer you want one yeah sure I'll be right back ah. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble. Oh. my name is Robert Hawkins and possibly seven hours ago I something to the city um, found this If you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'll come in here.
1: John Doe has the upper hand. And
2: on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all
0: save one, shall follow. all gonna laugh at you! all gonna laugh at you!
1: Girl, we Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. Tonight is part two of our Game of Thrones Season 4 Recap. This episode features co-host Eric, co-host Mike, and co-host Phil.
2: People love their king.
0: They know I saved
2: the city. They know I won the war.
0: The war's not won. The light. It's tempting to see your enemies
1: as evil. But there's good and evil on both sides in every war ever
0: fought. The war.
2: They have a choice. They can live in my new world, or they can die in their
0: old one. Things are a bit tense right now. I don't think I'm talking my way out of this one. The wildlings breach the wall, they roll over everything and everyone. Given the opportunity, what do we do to those who've hurt the ones we love?
2: I want to know which side you're on.
1: Tell your father I'm here. And tell him the Lannisters are the only ones who pay their debts.
0: You'll fight over him like beasts until you tear him apart. I will burn our house to the ground before I let that happen. We'll lose! Tonight we fight! There's only
2: one hell. The one we live in now.
0: We gotta we gotta touch on the Mountain of the Viper, yeah.
2: Right, which which all goes into the, well, it's you could pretty much throw that all under the King's Landing storyline, right? Yeah. Tyrion, the Mountain, of the Viper, purple um, wedding. Let's start there. Oh, the wedding! Yeah,
0: we I haven't mean, talked ha- about the wedding,
2: right? So uh, the series well, at the beginning of the uh, the series when we're in King Landing, uh, we begins with with Tyrion and Bronn and Podrick at the you know they are greeting people coming. And they are to receive – from, from Martells? a prince of uh... – Dorne. Yes, prince of Dorne you. who's yeah, coming is... for the wedding. And basically they make the point that the Martells hate the Lannisters. And if, and if they take that hate on Tyrion, so much the better, you know, which is why he gets stuck with the job. But, of course, he's waiting there and he finds out, one, the prince uh, who's actually going to show up in the fifth season yes, uh, is, too, is, is just sick enough to justify not coming uh-huh. to the wedding. And is instead sent, uh, Oberon Martel, who, by the way, came in the middle of the night and is probably at a whorehouse right now.
1: And Oberman Martel is the younger brother of this dude. So he's second.
0: Right, his younger brother.
1: Yeah, so he, he's the Prince, uh, Harry. To right. Right.
0: Yeah. And, so basically, the um, whole thing is a huge slight to the Lannisters. Yes. And so Tyrion goes to the
2: brothel. Uh, I don't know how he knew where it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to, to find him going around and checking out, he uh, looks like he's, you know, an old woman going through the produce section <laughs> at the store, squeezing everything to make sure it's ripe and firm. Right. Uh, you know, going through his horrors, and and, th- and we, we quickly find out that he's a man of serious sexual appetites.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. And that he's
2: got a grudge against the mountain
0: because right. the mountain
2: has, has killed his sister after yeah. raping her.
1: And Tywin Lannister, because Tywin Lannister is the commander of the
2: mountain. Right, yes. and as you find out, as I, I was digging through the history, I didn't realize this. Is I guess the Martells were loyal to the Targaryens. Yes, they were, and so they were on the opposite side of Robert's Rebellion. That's correct, and so that's why they they refer to it as the Usurper's Rebellion. And of course, Tywin Lannister would be the main usurper, as because he was the hand of the king at the time, and you know his family benefited. Um. Yeah. And his sister was married to one of the Targaryens, and ended up being again killed, raped, and murdered by,
1: uh, yeah, basically, by the Basically, yeah, the Martell brothers had a sister who was married to the uh, the, the son of the king. So he was the, the Targaryen that was the son of the the, the king, and. Um, What happened was when the Lannisters sacked King's Landing, uh, the Malkin raped and killed, along with a couple other knights, um, his sister, and then cracked the heads of the two children as well.
2: Right. So he's looking for some vengeance um, on his trip. You know, might as well mix business with pleasure, Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh my oh God. Oberon oh, has the, one of the best lines too. They, they. Um, Tyrion goes, he's at the brothel, and Bron goes, why would you set up? He goes, he goes, what would you do after a long journey to come here? And he goes, I would just go to sleep.
2: <laughs> I am getting old. So, uh, so anyway, so the, that's that's pretty much what happens in the first episode. And but you get the sense that there's a little bit of you know, of connection between Tyrion and and Oberon because. You know he's not. They both them hate out.
0: the Lannisters
2: they, and because they <laughs> both hate the Lannisters, right? And that's it. Uh, and, and they don't make a secret of it. And they both love whores. That's also part of it. Yes. Uh, so they have some commonality. They were going to start a club together, and oh, it just unfortunately didn't work out. Uh, so we let's uh, we can. Oh, and while you know this is happening, uh, you know the wedding planning is going on, uh, and the wedding is is really. First of all, I all credit to them wisely for not postponing the wedding for um, for later in the season. Right. And if you've been watching now three seasons of Game of Thrones, everyone has kind of pegged the fact that important shit happens in Episode 9. Right. They bucked, DVR, that, trend.
0: They bucked that trend this season. Yeah,
2: DVR Episode 9. Now, they don't actually – Completely bucked the trend, but they basically said, okay, you're not going to know because there's important shit that happens here. And then two episodes later and three episodes later, there's all sorts of stuff happening throughout the season. They don't hold back. Right. Even and in episode
1: it, 10 this time.
2: Big right. Up. And for them to say, uh, you know what? Ever since episode two, I think, was where Joffrey had the hound ride down the butcher's boy maybe episode 3 sure people have wanted to see
0: just get his died. come up
2: in <laughs> joffrey yeah oh, no, oh, this no, oh, is definitely. why the slapping joffrey became an internet meme
1: actually i th- i think it was more because he he had the wolf guilt. Chance chances wolf guild
2: oh yeah. other thing yeah there's a anyhow i mean it's all part of it right it's think uh, that that was part of that story was writing the, down the butcher's boy that's uh, and so what better way to take him down? And so they they say you don't have to wait any longer. We're killing him off in episode two, and we hope you still keep watching, even though you no longer have any reason to, because but, we all most of you are watching just to see us kill Joffrey.
1: But basically, for the, basically episode two is the purple wedding, which is basically Joffrey is being married off to the Tyrell girl because it's a good marriage.
2: She's smoking right. hot.
1: Well, she is smoking hot, but it's also a good marriage. Based off of Tywin's opinion, Tywin Lannister's opinion, because it unites the Lannisters with one of the wealthiest families in the kingdom. So it's very important. Yes. Because would you, when you think about it, would it would be smarter. Could it? Would it be smarter to have them uh, marry um, a Martell? Because the Martells uh, were on the other side of the Robert's Rebellion. Plus, they hate the Lannisters, but they don't have money. Like the Tyrells do,
2: right? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and if if you figure Joffrey would be magnanimous on on the day that he's about to get uh, laid by a smoking hot babe, nope, you'd be wrong. <laughs> um,
1: oh, oh, the best is is uh, what he does to uh, Ty Tyrion's uh, gift to him,
0: wedding gift.
2: Right, Tyrion. They, yeah, they 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 have the the presenting of the gifts, and Tyrion gives him a book about the history of kings uh uh-huh. and and you see he's got that look on his face like he just got a got socks right right and, and his grand and, and his grandfather kind of looks at him like no you're the king you know he just conveys in just a look you're the king it's a nice gift say thank you to your right. uncle yeah <laughs> and and then after being given what i am actually imagining would be a very valuable gift besides just on its face value regardless of the knowledge it contains mm mm-hmm. Uh so that's when his grandpa gives him the keys to the new sports car. <laughs> and you know, and no gift at that point. You're like, we're up and up and, and you know, up doing everybody's gifts. So he gives him the Valerian steel sword made from uh
0: Ned Stark's ice, sword. Yeah.
2: Ice, right. So and and uh and of course this is dripping with iron in so many ways and that he took the sword of a very noble man, gave it to someone who, the man who, had, the, the boy who had basically had him executed. Right. Uh, that, because the sword was, John Stark held, had the sword, right? That, uh, uh, Rob Stark.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Rob Stark had the,
0: the Had the sword at the Red Wedding. Did he?
1: Yeah, yeah did he? Uh, sure. No. Or no.
0: was that always with Ned Stark? They, they yeah. may have had it since Ned was in, uh, King's Landing. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then what he did was he melted it down in episode one of season four and made two swords, one for Joffrey and one for um,
2: Jamie. Mm -hmm. Right. And so anyway, and and of course he says, oh, a good sword has to have a name. And just the audience starts screaming out and he goes with Widow's Wail. And of course he's done nothing to earn the right to have the sword. To name the sword, it's just, oh, I'm the king and I'm cool, and it'd be a badass name as Widow's Whale for the name of the sword. Yep. Um, And then he immediately begins to chop up the book that (laughs) Tyrion gave him. Um, But actually, this is all pre-wedding, right? And it's like the wedding is the next day? Yeah, the next day. This would be sort of the family rehearsal dinner.
1: Now, Mike, is this a commentary on the the United States and their love oh my of, God! It, of their love of guns, because it's the same thing. Where the, the stop. widow. Stop. So okay, sorry about that.
2: Just stop. <laughs> no. Okay. This is this is about the fact that young boys love, and he still is for the most part, love to be violent, right. <laughs> and, and that swords are cooler gifts than books.
1: Did you know that Stephen Hawking just said this week that man's violent nature. May have been good during the caveman years. Unfortunately, it, it's still with us. But anyway, sorry. So continue.
2: Yeah, anyway, as long as there are other violent pricks out there, then the need for violence, uh, unfortunately, has to remain. True. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we get to the wedding the next day, and uh, there's this very ornate lion's head dominating the proceedings. And you get some interesting conversations, your typical walk and talk that you have in Game of Thrones and yeah. uh, and and verbal jousts between rivals and friends and so forth. And uh, when it comes time for the celebration, the lion's head opens, and you have uh, a fantastic scene that is designed for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to humiliate Tyrion. Yes. I would like to
1: interject yes. here because before this scene... Um, it was a really good scene, like you said, when they were talking between each other, the n- numerous characters at the wedding. Uh, Marjorie Tyrell, who's marrying Joffrey, gets up and says, the king wants to give any leftovers to the poor. And then, Oh, right. And then Cersei goes over to Master Parcel and, and says,
0: feed the leftovers to the dogs. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I just thought. Well, well, and the reason
2: Seriously. for it, I sus the reason I suspect for that was to undermine her.
1: Of course, it yeah,
2: was. yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, it's well, not
1: because well, is just a bitch anyway.
2: Well, she is a bitch. There's there's no question. She's a big fat bitch. There's no no question. She's the biggest bitch the world's ever known. The biggest bitch in the whole wide world. World. Damn, and- good. damn good. <laughs> and a damn good looking bitch, but a bitch. And but the reason, right? This is gonna it. Marjorie's been trying to win the people over, uh, and somewhat tame Joffrey as best as she could. And so this would just go further to that end. So by having her dump the food to the, and I guess the public would think that was her, her call. Um, so anyway, out from this they rides these dwarves that represent, uh, in costume that represent the various, uh, kings of the five armies. Renly. Uh, And and it's and it's neat to go back and rewatch it because you missed there are little details that I missed. For example, uh, whoever represents uh, the Greyjoy is riding on a squid. (laughs) That's great. Um, Or well, a kraken, I guess. And um, you have the the one who represents Renly Baratheon, you know, getting ass pounded.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So so it's just which of course offends Brienne who's at the wedding at this point. Yeah. Uh, and you, know, so you go through this whole thing, and then of course uh, with Sansa at the wedding, reenacting the, the beheading of, uh, of Rob, Rob Stark. Stark. It's, oh, yeah,
1: it, yeah, it, it, uh, the one that represents Joffrey starts humping the, the the wolf head.
2: Right, and, and right. you know, to to his credit, you know, you, you, and again, you get great acting by. Peter Dinklage. And really, if you know anything about Peter Dinklage, this probably sums up his feelings about what Hollywood does with dwarves in the first place.
0: Right. Yeah, right.
2: Sure. You know, you're going to play elves and pixies and leprechauns, and which is why he's sworn never to play those parts.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, but, you know, and he does make a comment to make sure that they all get paid a little extra.
0: Yes. That's because, right.
2: you know, they're putting on the show and he understands that they're not to blame that that is all about Joffrey. Uh, and then Joffrey stands up and invokes him in the
0: proceedings. Well, and, and there's a scene here where Joffrey is clearly just fucking with Tyrion. Um, right. He's, he's trying everything he can do to get Tyrion upset to say inappropriate something to Joffrey so that he can order to have him beheaded. That's right. But Tyrion's being smarter than Joffrey, because he usually is. Uh, and not reacting to any of it, uh, and saying everything right that he can to try and defuse the situation, um, and that makes Joffrey even madder.
2: Right, because Joffrey uh, Joffrey can humiliate him because he's the king, and nobody can tell him otherwise, and he's, and he's just viciously cruel. But Tyrion is still far more clever. Right, and he gets his basically he gets his his barbs in. Well, not in very many ways.
0: Officially wrong,
2: right? And he, he clearly outsmarts him, which just frustrates Joffrey even more,
0: right? And so things
2: threaten to go out of control, spiral out of control. And so, well, let's bring out the cake, right? The uh, Marjorie's like, oh, and dinner served. Shut the fuck up, right? That's yeah, the
0: right. <laughs>
2: that's the yeah. that's the uh, that's the, the the good good wife's uh, way that's to she, stop arguments in the family feud. Yeah, it's a like, dinner served. No fighting, yeah, she, um, she and
1: says, she goes, "Oh, look, the pie has come out," or something like that. Is the actual quote
2: right? And so the you know the, the birds fly out of the pie. We have the pie. Joffrey drinks his wine. No, no, you and then No, no, Mike, you forget. Well, Mike. what?
1: Basically, this it's a giant pie that looks like you know a stripper's going to jump out of or something. And he goes over with a sword because he's supposed to cut the, the giant pie. And when he cuts the giant pie, all these these uh, pheasants. And doves come flying out of it. But his sword kills like half of them. Right. I don't know if you saw that, Mike.
0: No, I didn't. Oh, no, th- there a are a bunch of, of you- dead birds inside the pie. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> he hits it so hard, he kills them all. You have to rewatch it, Mike. It was terrible.
2: Oh,
0: I'm going to have to check that out. And all by right. terrible, he means hilarious.
1: Yeah, hilarious. Exactly. <laughs>
2: So in mocking uh, Tyrion, he makes Tyrion act as his cupbearer, and Tyrion brings over his cup of wine, and after he drinks it, he begins to choke. Yep. Yep. And I got to give them credit, because I think I'm with everybody in hating Joffrey. Oh,
0: sure.
2: And saying he's possibly the most despicable character we've ever seen, or the most despicable fictional character we've ever seen put... uh Uh,
1: in in cinema. cinema I've seen a
2: lot uh, top ten I mean you, you he's certainly be... he's, he's pretty far up there well, well, and I don't well, know any of the one who has despicable characters people have so actively rooted for their death <laughs> well that, that's because usually if you talk about somebody nasty it's in a movie and it's two hours you don't have to suffer them yeah, that long yeah, we've suffered yeah. with his ass for four years
1: that's fair that's fair
2: and, and he's the worst kind of evil in that he's a bratty teenager right um, if you're a Tyrion, if he had survived to be 70 years old and be like his grandfather, then he would, we'd have a modicum of respect for him. You know, well, it's, I, I, he's I, a distinguished it, evil.
1: Actually, I have to disagree. Even though his grandfather has a lot of blood on his hand, his grandfather also has some issues too, but generally he goes by the law. He's not just a psychopath.
2: Yeah, I know. He's, he's a very different kind of evil. Um,
1: I don't know if you could even call him evil. I did. I used to think that, <laughs> but after rewatching and reading, and then reading the the history of the Westeros and all that stuff, I'm beginning to believe that he basically looked out for his "quote unquote" family kingdom lands at number one. Basically, he's, so, the uh, just, he's just, the so, just
2: for he's the, for the record. Tywin Tywin Lannister misunderstood family man. Arya Stark sociopath. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's the senator of of uh, Georgia.
2: <laughs> okay, <gasps> just say so. all right.
1: He's he's looking out for his constituency without uh-huh. actually doing yeah. anything uh-huh. illegal.
2: Okay, all right. Anyhow, moving does on.
1: Do, does he do anything?
2: But, illegal? but I got to say, I actually yeah. as it's hard. They do such a good job with killing Joffrey. Yep. I actually felt bad for Joffrey. <laughs>
0: Really? I
2: didn't. It's a weird way. It's like because at that moment, you know, because you have his mother uh, and aunt. (laughs) I'm I'm,
1: I'm here with Eric. We don't feel any pity for his mother.
2: I thought nobody deserved to die, Phil.
1: No, his his, his mother, we
2: said. (laughs) I actually felt felt bad because, because the death is just so awful. Um oh, it's, it's terrible. And it's hard to make a, an awful death out of just a person going <laughs> on screen. Um but they do they do a really good job of killing him
0: off uh in in a, well, in, a, in a in a gruesome way. And there's this great moment where he points at Tyrion um and you can you can tell that he honestly believes that Tyrion has poisoned him <laughs> and 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 you can just see the realization dawn over Tyrion as he's standing with the cup as to how everything is falling into place. And he's just like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> and, and you know what's interesting, too, is that the, the folks who actually do murder Joffrey, which we'll, we'll discuss in a little bit, are just look at Tyrion as collateral damage. In right. other
0: words, yeah. you,
1: you know, so it's like, oh, well, they, they give they not must- a fuck. Yeah, they they blame in him, but you know what? That's just collateral damage.
0: And he's a Lannister.
1: <laughs> well, that that's true true
0: So, so Joffrey is dead. Long live Joffrey! And of course, they think Tyrion poisoned him, and they drag him off to wherever. And meanwhile, Sir Dantos, if you remember uh, from previous seasons, I forget whether it was one or two, uh, he's but a fool. He, no, no. he was he yeah, was wasn't a knight
2: dressed like Captain America? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was the knight that uh, Sansa saved from Joffrey's wrath by uh, suggesting that he make him fool. Uh, and he comes during the chaos and whisks Sansa away.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and Eric, actually, the term is the king is dead, long live Tommen. Because you're supposed to say the <laughs> name of the, the new king, I guess. That's I
0: don't right. give a fuck. I don't have a king.
1: That's true. That's
2: true. <laughs>
0: And, and, King is dead. Long live Dave.
1: But where does Sansa get whisked off? Dave's
0: to? not here.
1: Sansa gets whisked off to Baelish.
0: Yes. Right. And we figured out that Baelish is behind the whole thing. Well, nope, nope. most of was, yeah. Baelish has been behind everything. He, he's yeah. not
1: behind the whole thing. He's jointly behind it.
0: Well,
2: he's not just behind this. He's behind the series.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He's, the whole, he's yeah.
2: a skinny version of George R. R. Martin because he's authored everything.
0: He is the puppet master.
2: Yes, yes.
1: So basically what we learn is that Baelish and and in the next episode we learn that Baelish and Lady Tyrell joined inspired. forces. Inspired. Yep. Inspired to kill Joffrey. And what we also learn in an episode coming up is that uh, John Aaron, the original king of the hand that passed away, where Ned Stark would have to take his place, was actually murdered by his own wife, meaning Caitlin Tully or Caitlyn Stark's sister, mm-hmm. on the command of Lord Baelish, because she's in love with Lord Baelish, and therefore the whole everything, like Mike said, from episode one to the present. Is all because Lord Baelish started the entire war.
0: Yep, right.
2: And even if you go all the way back, if you remember the that awesome scene in season one where Caitlin Stark arrests Tyrion.
1: Uh, Tyrion, that's right.
2: And she so arrests Tyrion because uh of the dagger that they found. That's right. On the assassin who tried to kill
0: right. Bran.
2: And if you remember the one that who was it that identified the dagger yeah, as right, Tyrion's yeah. dagger. Mm-hmm. Was, was Baelish. So, this just keeps going. So, you go all the way back, all these little events set in motion, and because that's the thing that sort of set, um, you know, those are the things that start to set up the, uh, the work. Cause, right, she doesn't arrest Tyrion, then they don't arrest Ned. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's, and now, admittedly, this was taking advantage of an opportunity because. Oh,
1: and and Jamie and and Jamie was thinking he was been been the caught. dick. They wouldn't yeah. have been. They wouldn't have been caught having sex and throwing Brand out the window.
0: Right.
2: So, uh, so so this is him manipulating events all along, and he hasn't controlled every event along the way, but he knows how to take an event like uh, Brand falling out the window, and push it and nudge it in the right to direction <laughs> to go to start a massive war because as he says in the first season, he's basically made his own house, right? Gotcha. His sigil, the mockingbird is, 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 is his literally okay. because he doesn't have a house. And, you know, this is, you know, the guy who's not relying on being, not relying on being, you know, uh, part of a famous family and therefore he's doing it all himself. He's going to be, Nelson Rockefeller, or sorry, John Rockefeller, or somebody who's going to, you know, make his own family wealthy. Right. Exactly. Um, He's
1: the, the middle class bourgeois that becomes a lord.
2: Right. So, anyone notice he looks a lot like Vince Gilligan, the guy who made uh, Breaking Bad? <laughs> but, I, I don't know. I wonder if there's a connection there. Anyhow, um, yeah, so, and I'm, for me, that's always been one of the most fascinating relationships was him and uh, Varys. Right. right. Uh, and, their, and their thing, because they're the, the, the people behind the powers and the intelligence people and who have been doing a lot of pushing and pulling all along.
1: Oh, and, and, and Lord Parcell as well, even though his character isn't as cool as those two.
2: Right. Yeah, oh, and, well, it's always fun watching Pysell because he's always you know hobbling around and stammering, and we, we know from, again, I think the first yeah. season that that's all a sham. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So uh, anyway, so this is going to lead to Tyrion getting locked up and in prison because his sister firmly believes, and I think she honestly believes, right. oh, she that wants he him killed. Dead anyway. Well, she wants him dead anyway. Right. No question, and this is going back to shit that's happened, you know, from seasons there, from
1: ago from the day that her her mother died.
2: Oh yeah, and where he says I'm gonna wait for your moment of happiness and snatch that
0: away for all sorts of things. Well, and here's the thing is that clearly uh the main goal was to poison Joffrey and kill him, but uh I I don't know if setting up Tyrion was intentional.
1: No, I think uh, it's collateral damage.
0: But you couldn't have done it any better.
1: That's right.
0: Well, the reason Tyrion ends up being set up, you
2: know, or falling for it is because Joffrey did it. Joffrey made him his cupbearer. That's right. That's right. right. And if Which it wasn't they, for that, then it probably would have been whoever his actual cup bearer was, uh-huh. who might have been blamed, or maybe they wouldn't have looked for poison in the first place, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he although was he was collateral damage, and basically Lady Terrell says that to Marjorie, that basically, oh good lord, he wasn't involved, and, he, and basically admits that he was just collateral damage. It just he just unfortunately, mm-hmm. so was the fault.
0: I'm, I'm had, just I'm just adding credence to his theory that Cersei actually believes that Tyrion killed Joffrey because it really looks like it.
1: <laughs> you, but you know what, though? You, I thought it was Marjorie at one point, too, because she feeds him the cake at the same time he's drinking the wine. Right. So you go back.
0: Oh, okay. All it right.
1: happens at the same time, so I thought it could have been the cake, too, but because he points at Joffrey, Mm-hmm. I mean, Joffrey points at Tyr, Tyr, Tyrion, he gets the guilty thing, and Marjorie may have fed him poison, and she didn't even know she did because it was her grandmother and Baelish who did it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an interesting theory.
2: Well, I, I was actually thinking the same thing originally, was that it was the cake or the pie that was poisoned. The problem, of course, being that you then would have poisoned all of the guests, but no, it could have been the fork.
1: That's what I'm saying. It could have just been that one piece of pie, just like it could have been one glass of wine. It doesn't have to be the whole pie.
2: Right. Or it
0: would be easier to poison one glass of wine than one piece of pie. But whatever. We're getting into minutia. Sure.
2: But, but also, you have to think, uh, because I, I think I said this in the last Game of Thrones podcast we did a year ago, was that uh, that the grandmother was probably, in my mind, the most dangerous person in Westeros. Um, You you, you did mention (laughs) that. You did say that. Yes. She's a wily old fox. That's for sure. So I, she was always for me suspect number one and that she loves her her granddaughter and I don't think she would abide seeing the two of them married. uh, Or not for long, anyway.
1: Right. Sure.
2: So, uh, So I knew that they were involved, but I couldn't imagine that she would make her daughter the instrument or her granddaughter the instrument mm-hmm. because right. that would just be too dangerous.
1: Sure. So we don't really know how anything was poisoned. We just know he did was poisoned by the, those two. It's never explained exactly how, except that a amulet or talisman that Lord Dantus had given Sansa had the poison in it and somehow someone got it from that talisman and, and added it either to the wine or to the, the it,
2: pie. If you watch, uh, I can't remember, I'm, I'm stuck on her name. Who is the grandmother's name?
1: Um, uh, uh, Diana Riggs. Right. Uh, Olena Tyrell.
2: Olena. Olena. Talks to Sansa, and as women tend to do, fussed with her, her outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Straighten yeah. things out. Then when she does that, she palms one of the jewels off the necklace. Uh, yeah, or if you listen to the commentary track, they yeah. digitally removed one of the jewels off the necklace. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, because they forgot and left it on there and it's still there. Not that most people would notice, but you know, this is this is the world they we live know in that now.
0: there are obsessives in the world, yeah. right?
2: Because they've done this for four years. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, put it this way, there, there's even online classes how to speak to Throcky. So but yeah, it's obsessive. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, so she, that's how it happened. Yeah, you're right. The grandmother, Elena got the thing from the amulet that Sansa was wearing, where she did not even know had the poison in one of the fake bulbs of the amulet. And then that amulet was crushed or something and dropped into the wine or cake.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then Joffrey dies. And so what happens, and I'm curious, and Eric probably already knows this, is since the marriage wasn't consummated, does that give Marjorie any power? And it appears not, because by the end of the season, they're already setting up her to marry Tommen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there,
0: there's there's no secret surprise coming here. It's all as it's laid out in season four. Uh, she she's not the queen because it was not consummated, and she ends up uh, being marrying Tommen. Oh, she does end up being queen eventually, but not to Joffrey, to Tom.
1: Well, they they haven't married yet, and we won't know if the marriage – I mean, you probably already know, but for the people who have not read the books, by the end of season four, the marriage hasn't happened yet.
0: Oh, hasn't it? No. I thought it already had. Sorry. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) No, she's she's still seducing
2: Tom because that's what we want is a 28-year-old woman seducing a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, that's kind of creepy.
1: Actually, actually, he's the actor, is seventeen, and she's like twenty.
2: Yeah, I, yeah but the characters, you know, are, well, it still it still feels creepy.
1: Yeah, but to be honest, in in the book, I think Marjorie is supposed to be under eighteen too.
2: Yeah, probably she is younger in the book. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody is, I think. Yeah, but when you get too young, they all suck as actors.
0: But the important thing is, she looks fantastic naked.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes! You see that in season one.
0: So, basically, Tyrion goes on trial uh, and uh, gets convicted for Joffrey's death. Um, But before they can actually come to a conviction, he demands, Trial by combat! That's his fallback position.
1: Um, Right, but but, but to be honest, though, Eric, uh, it's very important because it sets up the end of the season. Um, He... Has found out that Shay
0: betrayed him. Yes,
1: betrays him, and goes on the stand and rips him with all these lies and says that he's evil and you know whatever. Yeah, she she,
0: lies through her teeth on the stand to uh, proclaim his guilt. Yeah, Uh, once
1: and she she says that both Tyrion and Sansa had conspired together to kill um, the king, and then. Another interesting thing, too, is that Varys throws Tyrion under the bus, too.
0: And well, that doesn't surprise me, though, because Varys will say whatever needs to be said.
1: Well, and he, he basically what, says that to Tyrion after he gets off the stand, Is Tyrion asks the question, and he basically, in not so many words, says that, you know what I'm doing, I'm doing it for survival or, or whatever.
2: So. Right, so, right. But I think if you, uh, what I love about the trial and it's a sort of weird thing where apparently only the prosecution gets to ask witnesses or anything.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a, oh, it's a scam! It's a scam trial. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it is a
2: kangaroo court. It's a show trial. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the legal ease is in
1: uh, Westeros. You, know, you know what it's called? It's called uh, ch- uh, trial by China.
2: Right, but <laughs> so Tyrion doesn't get. to – He gets to ask one question of Varys. But yes. if you look at all the witnesses, uh, and they're all, of course. Hostile or indifferent, except for Varys to Tyrion, and Varys knows that he doesn't want to wake up dead. Right. Um, Nobody lies. No, they don't. Except everything they say in the trial is true. Except for Shay. Until you get to Shay, and Shay makes one false statement.
1: Uh, no, I think she makes, you know, worse, she, says she makes a lot. She says stuff like that Sansa was pissed that Rob Stark was dead and so they decided to conspire. Uh, to but I'm saying until
2: hey. he, that's it, but it's but Sansa was upset that, that Rob Stark was dead. He had nothing, had no interest in Shay outwardly after he married Sansa Stark. You know, called her a whore. You know, it's basically the only thing she does is say that they conspired to kill Joffrey. Which, of course, is not an unimportant thing. But everything else in the trial that's said is absolutely true, which is why it's so damning to Tyrion. But the look on Tyrion's face when he but, sees you know, how badly he's being betrayed. But
1: you know what? And, All those things, whether they were true or not,
2: no, there was no
1: other witnesses. So anybody could have just lied anyway. It's well, And Tyrion isn't given so a that, chance
2: to speak in his defense. And he doesn't get to put
0: any of these comments in context. Sure, sure. Yes, this trial is not meant to uh, provide justice. Uh, this this trial is meant to provide a result, right? Right, but I'm just saying it would have been very easy for
2: them to just conjure up witnesses to say false testimony, right? right. But they didn't actually- as, as as the writers, I'm not not even there. It's the fact that the writers went back and mined the previous season for every damning thing Tyrion has said and done, mm-hmm.
1: and, and the know, writers of this episode uh, were uh, the show creators, so they knew exactly what was going on.
2: Right. And I and I and I again I do think Tyrion's performance in the trial is, is his best. But then we move on and then we get these seasons. There's a lot of scenes in this season of Tyrion in prison sitting in his jail cell talking.
0: And they're really good scenes.
2: Yeah, right. and I like, I love when he's talking to his brother and but, Jamie says, Well, I was sitting in in my own shit for, for months on end. This isn't so bad.
1: That's <laughs> right. But before we get into that, I want to bring up Jamie for a second. Um, the whole se- season uh, side story between Jamie and his father is that his father wants Jamie to quit the King's Guard and become the head Lannister of Castle Rock, which is the Lannister house. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because he wants Lannister is. Because Cersei's kids, even though they're actually Lannisters, Tywin doesn't know that, he thinks they're basically. Baratheons. So he needs Lannisters, and he doesn't want Tyrion's children anymore. He basically wants to get Tyrion out of the way. So he wants his quote-unquote good son, Jamie, to become the head of the house in Castle Rock. Um, and basically what it is, is the re- – the first of all, um, I read this through the, the uh, history of Westeros book. Jamie was named – as a Kingsguard by the Targaryen King on purpose to piss off the Lannisters and so also to eliminate Charles Dance's character to have a ear for Castle Lee Rock. And so now that Jamie's hand is chopped off, he thinks he can get him to do that, you know, quit the Kingsguard and do this. But he doesn't want to do this because he wants to stay in King's Landing to be near his sister, as well as to keep the duty of not giving up and not to feel like he's inferior now because he lost a hand.
2: And, and um, let's so, remember, he's also near—not just his sister, but his his children. True,
1: right, That's right? true. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Even even though only two people know that it's that he's the father, um, and so. <laughs> And I so, think a lot
2: more people know that, but it's
1: Well, uh, well, it's true. But, but, but nobody's admitting it. Exactly. So, one of the main things for the Soul Season or side story is that Child's Dance, Tywin Lannister, wants to eliminate Tyrion from the picture and get Jamie to go to Castle Rock and become the new or the next heir of the Lannister, you know.
0: Well, and, and, and at one point, Jamie even cuts a deal with him and says, look, I'll I'll do that if you if you let Tyrion live. And so Tywin says, "Okay, uh, if if he uh, you know, uh pleads the mercy of the court, I will allow him to go to the wall and join the Night's Watch and you go to Castle Rock and have babies."
1: Right. He comes out quick and to agree, meaning that Jaime well, all <laughs> along that that's what the <laughs> plan was.
0: Right. Yeah, Tywin clearly had this plan already thought out.
1: Now, Mike, you were mentioning something about besides the um, the three people that visit go visit uh, Tyrion in the cell.
2: There's a great scene with Braun. Yeah, it's awesome. Scene. Who comes to visit. Now if you know Braun, if you remember back, he's been the champion for Tyrion before when he was at the Erie. Yep. It's how they met. And so he's kinda of hoping, while Jamie's hand is cut off, I'll pay a shitload of money to Braun. Bron will come to my rescue again, and when Bron shows up, he's all decked out in, uh, you know, the latest Versace. Yeah, the, uh, house,
1: <laughs> house, house. House Stockdale or something like that.
2: Whatever gonna... and right and uh, basically reveals to Tyrion that he's been bought off. That's right. He's been married to a dim-witted girl whose older sister stands to inherit everything, but she can always have an accident with a horse. Uh, which kind of kind of going back to the value of life in Westeros, right? And we like Bron, and he's talking about murdering his his sister in law for her inheritance, right? Uh, but you know, this has been a relationship with them. I think there's always been some honesty there. You know, when it, and, you know this goes back to even conversations they had in the past, where he's like, "I'm your friend because you pay me." You know, it's
0: well, and and to be fair, he has a valid point, which is that uh, something we hadn't mentioned in here is at this point. Uh, trial by combat has been arranged and it's been decided that the Lannister's champion is going to be the Mountain Gregor Clegane uh, who is a absolutely enormous man that has killed so many people it's not even funny. Um, and, and He's basically, in fact you
2: killed know, three of the actors who are two of the actors who played him before.
0: <laughs> and all of Westeros is terrified of him. Uh, and so Bronn basically says to Tyrion, look, uh, I got this sweet deal here. Uh, I, I I get to sleep with this chick and get her money. Um, so, as opposed to uh, doing that, the option of fighting this uh, enormous man who will undoubtedly kill me if I make one misstep is not really an option. Sorry.
1: <laughs> right. And, and a, couple, a couple of things. Um, we learn in some of the earlier seasons, I think uh, season two, uh, that, the Mountain is one of the three greatest knights, uh, or uh, not knights in the sense that, for fighting, not as a person, um, in all of Westeros. So it's right. him, Tyrell, and Jamie are supposed to be the three best. With, you know, I mean, for
2: God's sake, we saw him behead a horse in the first season.
1: Right, but that, that's, that's the first thing. But if you're a book reader, you also learn that the Mountain is arguably the biggest sociopath of all, because he goes out uh, in the name of the Lannister house and Tywin. So this is where you can say that Tywin is a scumbag to burn and pillage all of the enemies of King's Landing during the the war of the five, seven Kings or whatever it's called. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he's a really bad guy. And in the books, they don't show it. They just say that it's happening. But you get the idea that he's basically doing a Sherman's March type of thing. So he's right. a bad, bad guy, never mind one of the greatest fighters in all of Westeros. And, yeah,
2: and he goes outlines that and basically says, look, what are you going to offer me? And gold, he's got gold. You mean Braun is asking this? Yeah? Right. He said, you said, if you, if you said, uh, and he points out, said so back in the first season, you said if, uh, you know, anyone who tries to get you to betray me, make whatever offer they give you, I'll double it. So, are you going to give me two castles, two wives? You're pretty right. much fucked. Mm-hmm. That's right, because because you've been outbought by your own family, which is where your money's coming from. And he, and he, and he then begins to describe what's going to happen in the next episode. You know, he says, "Okay, I have to fight the mountain. I could dance around. I could get him tired. Maybe I can get him off his feet. But one mistake." And that's it.
0: Right. That's right.
2: And he's not stupid. And this is why I like it. It's no – they part. There's no hard feelings. It's not you bastard. You betrayed me. It's – you know, this is the reality. You know who I am. I'm a mercenary. I like you. But I'm not a martyr. I'm not dying for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I suspect if somehow magically Tyrion could have come up with the money – if he somehow could have bested whatever they gave him, maybe he would have done it. it.
1: Right. Maybe, but maybe not, because you know, it's like the baseball contract. What's the difference when you're already making ten million? Do you really need twenty million? Yeah versus right. being being killed, you know.
2: <laughs> right. But middle. I'm saying it's at least I think the window is was, was somewhat open, but he had been so right, here this is a James Carlos Stanton contract. He had been so heavily paid there was no way you could double what was offered. Right. And, and <laughs> you not
1: to be honest, his brother Jamie, when he basically says the same thing. He goes, I, "I have only one arm now, and my one hand that I use, I can't even fight with." And then Tywin says as a joke. I mean, Ty- Tyrion says as a joke. Well, maybe you should uh, be my hero anyway to fight the mountain. And then when you get killed, father loses both me and you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, and Jamie, you know, laughs and stuff. But of course, Jamie ain't going to do it.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. He thought it was a funny joke, but he ain't going to do
2: it. And what's interesting is that you get this sort of companionship between them because it turns out they both hate their family with the exception of their sister. Right.
0: Right. Um, and, 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 that's it's
1: only, and that's only because it's a piece of ass. And because a lot of the problems, including the Robert Baratheon rebellion, is all because of things between people's legs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the fights, a lot of this is all because of that.
0: Yeah. Just like real life. Um so I just want to talk briefly about the actor they chose to play the mountain in season four. Uh because he's not really an actor, per se. Well, I guess he's becoming one now because of this. Uh but he's actually a strongman competitor, okay? This dude's name is Hathor Bjornsson. He's an Iceland <laughs> he he's an Icelandic strongman Hathor. competitor. Um and he's six foot nine and weighs four hundred nineteen pounds. Okay, the dude but is that massive. was before he did Jenny Craig. That was the, the dude is massive, and he recently set probably uh, it's a really weird weightlifting record that has stood for maybe a thousand years uh, in Norway, which is that apparently there's this uh, some significant log. Okay. I I don't know how this thing all started. I haven't read up on the history, but there's this big log. It's basically 30 feet long and weighs over 1,400 pounds. And this dude picked it up and walked five steps with it. And that was a new record. And the last guy who did it before him uh, actually uh, broke his back doing it. (laughs) So (laughs) this guy is so big, it's not even funny. So so
1: this yeah, right, okay. So so he did it in Norway. That's why I thought he was Norwegian. you yeah, right. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, Well, plus that the norm half the the name Half Thor, I can see how you'd go that route. Yeah, yeah, right. Good point. Um so so he's a six nine
1: powerhouse versus Hoda who's a who's a doey six nine.
2: Right. <laughs> so all right, so then after Braun visits, Oberon visits Tyrion. Yep. And I thought this was great because it tells so much about – and clearly Tyrion doesn't know this, and it opens his eyes up more about his family. And he talks about how he went to visit the Lannisters when he was a boy. Yeah, over. And Tyrion had just been born, and he wanted to visit – and his sister was telling him all about the monster. Right, right. Yeah,
1: this is the the sister that actually is murdered by the Lannisters in the future.
2: Well, no, I'm saying that that was Cersei was talking about the monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I was oh, saying, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. right. And, and referring specifically to Tyrion and how Cersei just assumed that he was probably going to die anyway. And you but, just see that this is something that he's been living with. But, but his sisters know, hate him since birth.
1: But if I'm not mistaken, that, that's what's ironic about the story is, is that he and his sister, the one that actually gets killed by the Lannisters in the mountain, go to Castle, I mean, King's Landing to you know, visit the capital during the reign of the Targaryens when Cersei was a little girl too. So uh, you're right. Cersei's is, is what we're going to talk about in a moment here. But it was just curious that the sister that he wants revenge for is mentioned in the story as well because it's him and his sister that are going to uh, King's Landing, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, sorry about that.
2: It's, it's just Right. Yeah. But it's, it is, it's, it's a touching story because he talks about,
1: that's oh, a great story.
2: How he sees him and he just saw a boy, he saw a baby, yeah, his head's a little big, yeah, his limbs are a little small.
1: Oh, but but what it is is, is that his sister, the one that is going to be killed by the Lannisters, tells him that all about how there's this, this devil baby with, a, with horns and a tail and a purple eye and all these other things. And so they're both excited to go see the new Lannister baby, who's this deformed Demon, and then when they get there, Cersei just starts talking it up by saying, "You know, we'll show you this little devil boy and that you know you're, you've heard so much about." And he brings Oberon and his sister to see the baby. And then this is where what you're going to tell us,
2: um, right? Which is, is that that so, in other words, he's he was already getting more compassion and affection from Oberon as an infant than he was ever going to get from his sister. Right. And you, and, and this, this is a story that, because clearly he wasn't, wasn't, he was an infant at the time and, you know, it's not something he ever probably knew this story or knew anything about it, but his, this, this has been going on his entire life. And you sort of see this, you know, or feel this in, in, in him hearing the story, but and just how awful the family is and, and and how you know that he gets a little bit of respect and sympathy from Oberon because he was he was just a boy, right? And
1: yeah. oh, that's the thing. That's a great story, is that Oberon says. So they bring us in, bring me and my sister into the room to see the demon boy, and we we walk in, and what we see is okay, here's a baby. The head's a little bigger than I would expect, but there's no tail, there's no spiked teeth, there's no horned ears. Only thing that I see is well, it's just a baby. That's all right. you are. All it was, meaning you're a human. Basically, he's saying people are telling me you're a monster, and then when I saw you, you weren't a monster. You were just a human being like anybody else.
2: Right. Yeah. And let's remember, this is what is Tyrion's nickname. Oh, uh, the imp is the imp, right? So this maybe even where that story that that nickname ends up coming from. Right? right. You know, but again, this it just drives home how Bailey's been shit on, and oh. so.
1: Then he says the terrible thing, which is then Cersei gra- grabs, reaches into the crib, and squeezes oh, it right. uh, to the point until you start crying, and and you know this is when Tyrion starts bawling his eyes out because his sister was even being evil to him when he was like three months old, right?
2: Because as we said, she's a bitch,
0: yeah, yeah
2: a sociopath.
0: Well, and <laughs> and. Yeah, so so basically everything that Tyrion said in his outburst during court was correct, uh, is that he was really on trial for being a dwarf, and he's been shit on his entire life. That's right.
2: And so he volunteers to fight the mountain. Who's the guy he wants to kill anyway? Yep. Um, and the fight battle goes almost exactly as Bronn described it. He He dances oh, around... Not-
1: not only exactly.
2: Yeah, he dances around. <laughs> he twirls his spear. He gets his shot in. Um, and this is a this is a very fancy dance. This isn't the uh, battle. This isn't the brutality that you got from
1: Brienne and, uh, and from Brienne
2: and, and the Hound or Will get because this actually happens before. This is a showy fight. It's uh, a spectacular fight. And you know he knocks the Hound off his feet. Uh, not the Hound. The Mountain off his feet. Cuts his tendon. Stabs like- him.
1: Yeah, he's won basically.
2: He he's basically won, but he's a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like, oh no, you can't die yet. I have to hear
2: you confess the thing that I know and everybody knows you done did anyway. And more <laughs> importantly, but what he's really trying to get him to do is is uh, is out. I oh, think oh, the Lannisters. Yeah, Tywin. Uh, and so he just 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 can't leave well enough alone. And uh accidentally gets too close to the to the mountain, who, you know, uh because he's nine million pounds, takes takes three days to bleed to death. And uh uh well, he squeezes his head like a ripe melon.
0: Well first with one hand so. he gets him off his feet. Yeah, and then really no. he reaches over and picks him up with one hand and with one punch knocks out half of his teeth. Teeth. Yeah. And then Gets on top of him uh, and gives him the confession that he wants I while he's crushing, while he's poking man. out his eyes and crushing his head.
2: And I got to say, I've Crush seen, I've seen Jason do this in the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I've seen it happen in Hatchet. I've seen it happen in in any number of horror films where someone's head's gotten squished. Yeah, yep. this was the squishiest. Oh, this was the best. This oh, one because man. first of all it's 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 in the it's it's wide out in the sun in the in the daylight on the sand. So there's nothing lost in, in darkness or shadow. And it's and it's a character that we've really gotten to like for for well, eight, nine episodes now, not some idiot teenager we've been waiting to die for 90 minutes.
0: Well, and, and that, uh, I'll tell you what, what made this scene I'm convinced that this scene wouldn't have been as effective without this. I I don't know who the actress was. I don't even know what the character's name was. But whoever played his girlfriend.
1: That's his...
2: Sand. Yeah, Yeah. Sam. She's she's a bastard child from Dorne.
0: (laughs) She lets out the most (laughs) heart-shattering scream when he gets his head crushed. It is the most soul-crushing scream I have ever heard in my life. It's a seriously impressive piece of acting.
2: His head's <laughs> and I, mean, I mean,
0: she's so completely this, horrified and devastated. It's, it's, it's like not the even,
1: you throw on the ground.
0: <laughs> right. And there's and the, so many
2: uh, things going on, though, because on the one hand, oh, my God, Oberyn's killing him. getting going to die. Oh, my God. Tyrion loses. Oh, right. my God. The, the girl that is screaming. We don't care. And Cersei is grinning ear yeah. to ear. Yeah. You know, right. the lanterns, the so the evil bastards, the motherfuckers have won again. Yeah,
0: pretty George much. George Martin, you asshole! <laughs> Indira Varma is the name of the actress. So okay. props to Indira for that scream, because, man, that was amazing. It was. Uh, and the look on Tyrion's face its just like. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe that just happened. Oh my god! I can't believe that's well, possible. It, oh my he, god! I'm a won. fucking dead man.
1: And he, because he
0: won, and he right, yep, right. This was not, you know, uh, well, no, and, it was and, okay. what you expect. Which,
2: if you were if you were if you were better. I'm sure all the money was on the mountain that day. Oh, yeah. Right. And so if the mountain had come out and just been kicking his ass, you know what? This was the Super Bowl. That's what this was. This was the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, not really. Not, no. <laughs> the, they were just about – the underdogs were just about to take victory away, and then they gave the other team the ball. They gave the they, they just, here you go. Here you go, Patriots. Take the ball away, and we're going <laughs> to crush our hopes. <laughs> Here we go. You had it, well, and you it, blew it, because you're an idiot.
0: Well, in his defense, okay, in his defense, yes, he was stupid. But most people, if you hamstring them and then stab them in the chest, will stay down. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but
2: let's, let's be honest. This is why they didn't ask most people to be their champion in the trial.
1: <laughs> right. And, and this is why Bron said, I'm not going to do it.
2: Yep, exactly. Because one mistake,
1: one mistake. But you know what? We we forgot a whole whole important scene, dude. We forgot Orson Lannister.
2: Who? Orson. Orson. Lannister. Cush, Cush,
0: cousin Orson. Oh, cousin Orson. Cush, Cush, Cush. Did you hear that? This
1: was a a shot at um, Orson Scott Card. No, yeah, because he 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 doesn't like the show. Because of, you know, the violence and the nudity and whatever. And so they purposely named the character Orson, because this doesn't come from the (laughs) book at all. And that it has to do with crushing bugs, because in the movie, I mean, in the book that they just made into a movie, um, uh, the one with Harrison Ford that was in it, the the Orson
0: Scott. The Ender's Game.
1: Yeah, the Ender's Game. There's this kid that goes off killing bugs, space bugs. And so the whole thing was like an analogy to, to basically say "fuck you" to Oleson Scott Card, but do a research, a search for that on Google, and you'll find it. <laughs> that scene was pretty good too. That was between Jamie and Tyrion.
2: Yeah, also telling because it's Tyrion basically explaining his relationship to his family, and well, his we we assume that his grandfather and his sister aren't mentally challenged. <laughs> That's 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 the story of the families. Is, is just, the, just the sheer cruelty, and he he tries to understand how, where does it end? When does George R R Martin get tired of killing off all the characters on the show?
0: Yeah.
2: And he never does. Right. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. Speaking of which, this is why we know that Tyrion is a really shitty Lannister.
0: <laughs> so okay, the the Mountain wins the fight, although. Uh, not in the long run, because it turns out that, uh, Prince Oberon was using a poison blade. Yes. So, so
1: he was cheating because yes. you don't fight fear, you fight to win.
0: Right.
2: Well, and the guy is called the red viper. <laughs> right. That's true. Okay. Vipers, vipers don't overpower their opponents. They poison also, them.
1: Also, I want to state that this episode, as well as episode 10 and, and two others, is the season were done by Alex Grace, who's who's arguably the, the, the best director of the series in my opinion. Just wanted to throw that
0: there. Well and of course we got uh, we got Neil Marshall back as the director of the obligatory battle episode.
1: Well should should we just finish up the Lannister episode uh, storyline or the Castle Rock storyline, which would be the the children, right? What happens in
2: the children. So long story short, right, is Sansa Stark and Littlefinger run off to the Eyrie, kill what's her face, the crazy woman Right. Oh no, no!
1: no! No, not Sansa. She had nothing to do
0: with it. Well, she she was there, she and she'll cover involved. it up. She
1: was involved. No, no, she covers. She covers it up, but she did not do any any She had no. Oh, that's anger.
0: right. We're talking to Phil. Sansa can do no harm.
1: That's right. She can't. But she she did nothing. She didn't throw her out. She didn't hurt her. She didn't kill. Her. It
0: was. That's she right. Just, she did nothing because she has no brain, and she's sitting there going, "Duh."
2: Torel oh, my hair. Oh, uh, what well, Arya kicks ass. Anyhow, hey, hey,
1: hey. anybody who can outsmart Peter Baelish is all right in my book.
2: She didn't outsmart anybody. She's been dragged halfway across the world. People think she conspired to kill, to kill the king. As soon as anybody knows where she is, she's dead. She hasn't outsmarted anybody.
1: That's that's not true. The Lannisters have no power. They only own Castle Rock and and a couple of cities down south.
2: And the entire freaking kingdom. <laughs>
1: no, they, uh, they, uh, the whole north is owned by the by uh, Stannis and, and by season five. No. Yes. No. Fight. It's, no. It's, the it's north right. is
2: Roose Bolton who's sworn a fealty to
0: Joffrey.
1: Stannis and, and Greyjoys will take over the world.
0: Oh, my God. All right. Oh God. Anyway, back to reality. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, Sansa is with Baelish, and he's manipulating her uh, so that he can control uh, Winterfell. And Tyrion, rather than being killed and executed,
2: is freed from prison by his brother. Yes. And runs off to the wonderful land of Oz to live happily ever after.
1: And this is the reason why the Lannisters can't win, because Child's Dance is gone.
0: <laughs> but before right, he goes, goes, he decides to pay Dad a little visit,
2: which was clearly something his brother had not anticipated
0: right no
1: no as well he did not either.
0: right yes. and actually, this is uh this was not set up as well in the series as it was in the book in the book, they make it very clear that there's pretty much this uh secret series of tunnels uh that goes throughout King's Landing. Uh, and it's very—it's basically Varys' shadow network uh, that he uses to get from place to place and spy on people. Um, and Tyrion discovers that through this network of tunnels, he can get up into his father's bedroom, um, and that's how he ends up up there.
1: Well, and, and the reason he knows this is because um, it's the the room of the hand of the king, and yeah. mm-hmm. and Tyrion was the hand of the king in season th- two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. So um, he goes
0: up to visit his dad, uh, and and comes through the secret passage, uh, and lo and behold, there's a woman lying on the bed, and it is Shay. Shay is hooked up with Tywin, and man, talk about I a whole cool. injury.
1: <laughs> now, what, what's your guys' opinion Just this? Because uh, I've, I've known a lot of folks uh, on the internet have been either side saying that the murder of Shay, was it unnecessary or not?
0: Oh, fuck Shay. She's a fucking backstabbing whore. I'm glad she's dead.
1: I'll say my opinion. I believe that if... Two things. There's the practical, which is the moment Shay sees him, she's either going to kill him or raise the alarm. So if he's going to survive, he has to take her out. So that's the logical way. Right. The second thing is, if what... Tywin does is justice because he was betrayed and this is war basically in a small scale between the Lannister family she is the enemy and she has to be eliminated so I have to agree with you Erica I I was glad that she got wiped out
2: Yep. Yeah, I don't even think it's that she was the enemy and she had to be eliminated it was that she betrayed him period
0: she and had it coming, is basically what it comes down she to. She
2: had it coming, yeah. She had it coming, without question. Uh, unfortunately. Look, I understand she was hurt because Tyrion hurt her because she wouldn't leave. Oh. But then she, like, uh, as so often happens when relationships go badly, went absolutely over the top in her retaliation.
1: And yes. what, Mike, what was the thing that you used to say um, in the... Would she just be crazy? Um, thank
0: you. Yes. how did you know
2: I'm, I'm, I know I'm not I can't be taking credit for, for that Perlowism I think it was Aristotle who said it first <laughs>
1: okay so uh, um, yeah so she she was an evil dirtbag
2: and I, I don't think she was an evil dirtbag but as they say you know beware a woman scorned right I mean she for whatever reason and I'm think- not saying it's because women are irrational she couldn't understand that Tyrion was trying to save her life by driving her away. And that's why he called her a whore, is because she wouldn't, like, you know, listen to reason.
1: But, but she, I still say that that is not justification for putting a man on death row.
2: Right. No, no it's, it's not. She had it coming. Right, and that's why she had it coming, but she's not... Well, I'm saying she's, she's on the scale of, of, of people doing despicable things. She was otherwise a decent person who did something terrible. She's not... Joffrey, who is just rotten to the core, or Cersei, who's rotten to the core.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, or any other Lannister yeah. besides Tyrion who's rotten to the core. Well, Tommen. Actually, no, Tommen's okay. Yeah, yeah. T- Tommen's alright.
2: And great. supposedly the other girl, which nobody can remember her name because she hasn't been seen since season two, yeah, yeah, was also is. supposed to be good. Because he does say that the other two kids are, Tyr- Tywin, uh, Tyrion, that the other two kids are very sweet, lovely children. Yeah. But they didn't have the fortunate uh, fortune of being born first. Right. right, 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 that's right. Would, the world would have been much better off if Jeffrey was just the embarrassing brother of the king. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or or they dropped him when he was a kid or something.
2: So, uh yeah, and so then Tyrion is is secreted off uh onto a onto a boat by Varys. No, no, Varys no, you, hears, you, you, Oh you wait, I am sorry. I jumped ahead in the plot. I yes, jumped ahead. Did. Yeah, something something's important.
0: kind of important.
2: Well, I knew we were on a death. I forgot who's death.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, Shay, for sure.
2: (laughs) From Shay to shit. Uh, Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. He he ends up strangling Shay. uh, And then goes. With the necklace he gave her. Yes. Deliciously ironic. Um, And then goes to the bathroom where Tywin is taking a crap. Uh, And basically. Uh, Tyrion sitting there with a crossbow pointed at Tywin on, on the shitter. <laughs> uh,
2: and the two of them And i got to say all credit to Charles Dance because there are not many men who could sit on a toilet... And still put be intimidating. with their pants off, <laughs> their pants off and, and still not only be intimidating but still maintain a regal bearing. Right. <laughs> I have never... Seen- he takes the classiest dump of any man I've ever met. <laughs> well, I haven't actually met him, but...
0: Right. So, uh, clearly, uh, he realizes he's in a bad spot and starts trying to talk Tyrion down, uh, but Tyrion isn't having any of it, um, and ends up basically killing him on the toilet with a crossbow.
1: Right. And I have to say, Eric, I think you could verify this, that the Shay character in the book is less sympathetic than the Shay character in the TV show. In other words, she's supposed to be more evil in the book, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. She had it ah. coming either way. My understanding in the book is that she really was
2: just a whore. Right. Yeah. And that she was just kind of using him for money. And I haven't read the book, as we've gone over, but it's, uh, I kind of prefer this because you know it, 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 it has more personal pain. Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, it's more uh,
1: dramatic on, on, on film by them being right. friends up to the point where she betrays him. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so Child's Dance basically is trying to talk his way out of it you know, bullshitting Tyrion by saying, you're my son and I was never going to have you killed? What are you talking about? Blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And yeah. And then he gets shot and killed because he, he calls Che and even though Che is well, certainly that for a number of reasons because she sold him out he still loved her. And so he didn't want his father to say that. And so he just takes out his father. And so, and
0: now I'm, I'm a little history. hazy. I'm a little hazy at this point as to whether we've gotten this backstory in a television series or not. Has, has the story about Tyrion and his first, uh, his first love been told in the TV series? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It,
1: it was told back in, like season two or three, and then I guess the directors, or I should say the showrunners, the double D guys, decided okay. to not add that part into uh, this scene because if I'm not mistaken, Eric, in the book, it's reverberated again at this point, and that's what makes him snap and decide to go kill his father.
0: Well, and I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any dialogue about it in the book, but I think that you get it from Tyrion's point of view and understand that the whole thing ties back into him originally being uh, tricked into falling in love with a whore.
1: Right, and the story is is that he marries this girl that isn't a whore, but she's a commoner, and his fa- so his father gets pissed and basically has the girl raped and killed and so, and tells Tyrion that... The girl was a whore, a prostitute, and not just a commoner girl, which was a lie. And
2: but he's not, not evil.
1: And then, well, that's a good point. And, <laughs> and, and, and then what happens is is that the story is brought up again um, by Jamie at this point, and then that's when he decides to instead of just escape straight to go off to this tangent and go murder his father, and. The thing is, is that in the book, if I'm not mistaken, Jamie appears less sympathetic, and in the television show, they wanted Jamie to be more
0: heroic. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot clearer why. I, I mean, in the in the TV series, it just seems like uh, he wants an excuse to shoot Tywin. Yeah. Uh, but in in the book, it's it's a it's. Laid out a little better why him calling Shay a horse sets him off like it does.
1: Uh, yeah, good point. Uh, so at this point, after he kills him, he heads back down to the tunnels where he was supposed to go to originally. Meets mm-hmm. Varys there, and Varys says, "Where the hell were you?" And then when um, he puts uh, Tyrion into a box, basically, you know, to hide him on the ship that they're going to take him out of the. To bay out of uh he, the bells start ringing, mm-hmm. and then Varus knows that uh oh something bad just happened, and so he decides to deal as well, and he jumps onto the boat as well,
2: right, and, and while well, he uh, doesn't say it, you see the look on his face, it's the oh shit,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly and then <laughs>
1: what what happens is is that the ship, we don't learn where the ship goes, so unlike areas where she you know is heading to bravos at the end of this uh, season, we all we know is that Tyrion and Varys are leaving on a boat. We don't know where because they don't it. Right. Um, so we'll find that out in the next season five. Um, and so, and what we also learn is that the other point here is that Sir, Sansa dyes her hair black on purpose because the same color as her mother's hair, basically, because she knows that now, at this point, that Baelish not only will be able to keep her alive, but what it is, is that Baelish was always in love with her mother, and you learn this in some backstories um, if you you do some research, and is now really wants to marry Sansa, and so Sansa's going to play him, it appears, for season five, but basically use her sexuality to play Baelish to do what she wants him to
2: do. Uh, But there's also... Harkens back to when they first arrive at the airy. Okay. Baelish points out, grabs, you know holds her hair, like tells her to put her hood up because he points out that her hair is a memorable shade, yeah, right? A... That she's got she's a redhead, and that'll stand out. Yeah, and she since oh, you know, uh, there's there's a, probably a large reward on her head.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Not not such a good thing I do. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: well, that's a good point too. That, that that's another reason why maybe she, she died. That's a very valid point. Uh, so that's what we learned there is that even though Baelish seems like this manipulative powerhouse, it appears that Sansa may have one up him. And we're going to learn that in season five, which leads us to our last and very important story, which would be the Stannis and the Jon Snow and the Mance rider story. Fine.
2: Well, we, but we don't even know that that's one story. We have basically one more story. Uh, we actually see at the beginning, we have, a. Uh, uh, Stannis and Sir Davos talking at the table again, and then they go off to visit the uh, the bankers. Yeah, bravos. And uh, they and they try to make the argument that Stannis is the safe bet because he's a man of honor and he'll repay his debts. And Tywin Lannister is a snake who can't be trusted.
1: Well, and they also said another good point about tywin lannister is tywin lannister is an old man right and in real life Charles dance i think is like 68 or something versus stannis who in real life is like the actor is like 50 and that's what he's supposed to be in the television show therefore you're once tywin passes the lannister house goes to chaos and then what, there you go. In other words, they keep on using, well, there's Tywin Landis, and Tywin Landis, Tywin Landis, now, which is true. Tywin Landis is a brilliant leader. But the moment he's gone, who's who do you want to – who do you, you going to trust? And it's right. Stannis. So Stannis is really the long-term bet because he's the one that's going to live longer and he's the second most honorable or, or I should say quote-unquote
2: great leader after Tywin.
0: Except for the fact that he's getting yanked around by a witch.
2: He's getting yanked around by a witch. His fleet is at the bottom of the ocean, and he's got a small army of starving men that he can't feed. But other than that, yeah, and he uh, really has, and really even, <laughs> and really has no chance of winning.
1: That, that's not that's not true because the bravest people understand a couple of things. They understand that that uh, he's a brilliant tactician and leader in the field,
2: who got and his ass kicked at the Battle of Blackwater.
1: No, he didn't. He, he had that one until the Lannister, uh, Charles Dance's guy came.
2: At which point he got his ass kicked.
1: <laughs> right, but it was uh, due to a, a, a misfortune. It wasn't
0: due to uh, uh, incompetence.
2: Well, but no, he's no, got no, to survive.
0: No, no, you got to give him that point.
2: Yeah, but remember, he got, he still got his ass kicked by Tywin Lannister, who's the guy that he's being asked to back be backed against. And yes, he's younger and should live longer if Tywin lets him live that long.
0: But Bravos is
2: smart enough. Now, so. Bravos is smart. Not at the time of know. this conversation.
1: Bravos <laughs> is smart enough to know. Basically, w- what is implied is is that Bravos agrees, and they give Stannis all the money and the soldiers.
0: So there's a big fight at the wall, and the wildlings attack, and they fed him off, and Stannis comes and rescues everybody at the end. Good night.
1: Well, technically, I guess you could say that. But uh, <laughs> if we want to
0: expand, you know the- nothing, Eric Webster.
1: <laughs> I'm going to expand that a little bit.
2: Um, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, it's, wow, it's 11, yeah. yeah,
1: sure, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so Stannis um, gets the backing of Bravos and he gets the money. And unlike Mike, I think it was a good move. I think Stannis uh, is just in the sense that he follows law perfectly. He's From season two, when we first were introduced to him, to now, he goes by honor and code uh you know so whether
2: there's a crazy i I would think i think too much uh but no 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 no, but but given that the choices that we have at the moment of the kings i would have taken him over over any of the others
1: yeah i agree so that's where his story ends at the moment until episode 10 actually so i mean he doesn't have much to play in this season and so really what it comes down to then is this uh, Jon Snow, Sam Wells story and the Mance Rayder story until episode 10. And what do we guys want to say about the the Wall story?
0: There was a big
2: fight. But it was an awesome fight. It, it was an, an awesome fight. It, it was an awesome fight and on a TV budget and directed by uh, John yeah, Raffae Neil Marshall. Um, the idea that they did a... That is convincing a job of having giants and mammoths, uh, on screen as you're gonna, gonna ask for. is isn't just a big fight because you do it. So you do have character beats throughout. You have, uh, well, Sam and, and, and Gilly. You have John and. Egret. Egret and,
1: and, and Alistair.
2: And Alistair. And even the, the, the boy, right? You get that delicious little storyline where. You, know, you have the boy who's been there in the background through the whole season, and you know Sam has to rally him to try to get him the courage to send me up on the elevator all and right, then right, grab well, a weapon and fight, and then he ends up being the one who kills a greet.
1: All right. Well, what, what's, what, before we get even into that fight, there's, there's an important aspect of the whole thing. Basically what it is is that Jon Snow escapes the wildlings last season, and he gets back to the wall, and he tells them what happened and basically Alistair and Jonas Slint who basically are running running the show now that that uh, Mormon, whatever his name is got killed in the uprising at, what was that guy's name? Kraken's Keep or something Right. But what happens Raster's is, is Keep that, Raster's Keep. So what happens is, is that Jon Snow says that 100,000 wildlings are coming south because they want to get onto the other side of the wall Because of, basically, the Others, or what they're called in the TV show, The White Walkers, A Coming. So, Alistair doesn't buy it, because he hates Jon Snow, because if we learn from the history of the Westeros, he had been on the wrong side of the war, not... On Robert's side in the rebellion, and so he was forced to join the, the, the Night Watch, Watch. The Night's Watch, yeah. He was forced to uh, take the black and join the Night's Watch, um, and so he hates John Snow because John Snow is the son of Ned Stark. So what happens is is that Jonas Slint is smart, and he says says, "Well, John Snow wants to go and kill the the rebels uh, that of the the black the Night Watch." back at Rastus Keep because if the wildlings get to them first they're going to find out that they only have like 100 men on the wall and not 2,000 or 10,000 like Jon Snow had set. So Slint says, why don't you just let him go because he's going to just get killed out there anyway. And so Alice agrees and Jon Snow goes to Rastus Keep takes out all the scumbags.
2: But he's the only one that they, they say we'll let you go. We're not ordering anyone to go with you. And then John shows him up by getting a bunch of people to volunteer to go with him.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Yeah, you know, showing that he's more of a leader than these... Assholes. assholes. Right. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And so finally he comes back, and um, he also says to Alistair, he goes, I took him out, whatever. And what...
2: And another it, great kill, by the way.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, It was great. Yeah, because John... <laughs> sword through him.
0: the mouth. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that was cool.
1: Yeah, it was one of the wives that did. It. And so what happens? He says is that when Mance comes, he's going to have the largest fire in the forest to let, basically, you know, to and that would be the warning that they're they're coming. in. and then the wildlings who who made it over to the other side of the wall would be able to attack from the south. And this is where we get the setup for. Episode nine, which is what you're referring to. Rick. And and the thing is, is that Egret's character in this season, um, I've completely lost any respect for. And anybody who doesn't, I don't understand it. Because what the wildlings do when they get onto the other side of the wall, the, the raiding party, they just mass murder everybody. So civilians, women, children, elderly, they just kill everybody. And Ygritte is they show her murdering many people. So she's a scumbag. So this—that's the one thing I didn't like about uh, episode nine. Is uh,
2: but my, but again, it's it's medieval warfare.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, yeah, all right. I, I mean, I just think it was horrible. I, I, I didn't. It loses sympathy as an, a viewer of the show of that character. I think.
2: Right, but it's it, it's the side that she's signed up on. It's you know it's. Uh it's a little late to be changing sides because you disagree with the tactics. Yeah. No, and, I mean, and, and you do get the sense and the, the, the northerners, the, the, the free folk, whatever they call it, they're a loosely aligned group. So those aren't really her people that are doing it, right? They're, they're one particular faction of the, the various free nations or free well, tribes.
1: Well, well, her, her leader, which is, um, uh, Tawaman giant Spain, um, is participating in doing the murdering. And so she falls orders right. from him. Right. And then, of course, the Fens join them, too, and the Fens are like cannibals.
2: Right. Well, those are the ones that are really bad. Are the well, that's,
1: that's true. But but Igret does kill the father of that boy, right? She shoots him with the arrow. Yeah. You know, and then she kills the, all the, the prostitutes and stuff in Motown, too. Motown. Yeah, Motown, right. So, um, so the, one of the best lines of this this episode is when Alistair basically admits that he fucked up and he should have believed Jon Snow in the first place. But he still says, you're still a fucking asshole and I hope you die. Yeah. And then Jonas Slint hides in, in the the pantry in the basement because he's a loser with Gilly yeah with Gilly who's, who escaped Motown because e- Motown because Egret spared her life
2: right but, and I want to point out Gilly wanted to go you know she I don't know it's just funny that Slint ends up with with, with the women but
1: uh, yeah okay. um, yeah and so we have the big scene and then um, uh, it's pretty cool it's just a 40 minute action it's basically loaded the rings. Forty minute action type.
2: One. It's 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 not forty minutes, but because there is a bit of character development at the beginning. Yeah,
0: it's uh,
2: but it, it's probably about twenty to thirty minutes worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The giants uh,
0: and the mammoth are pretty cool.
2: There's oh, a there's the one shot that's the long tracking shot, the three sixty shot.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool.
2: As you go around, and something they managed to get that in like three takes. But no, there's all sorts of really awesome action in this. And it just it, – it, there's not much to talk about other than because it is just an awesome action scene. But this hark- harkens back to the beginning of the – uh back in the first or second season when people were bitching that they weren't showing any battles.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: And so clearly their budget has gone up yep. considerably. Um And I wouldn't want five episodes of this every season. Right. But having one of these after five – after four years – I think is is, is is more than justifiable.
1: Yep, that's true. And and um, I mean, these battle scenes are important, you know. So
2: right, but again, and it builds. And again, there is a lot of character stuff filtered in through there with Sam, with the boy, with with John, with. Um, oh, With all you know, all there's there's lots of little stories going on around this. Yeah. And um. Well, right, with the the one who goes and gets the you know the fighting the ones who hold off the giant.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah so, Greg, Greg, I think his name is, yeah.
2: Right, so then you get the next the next episode. You basically go to the next day. Um, actually, the, series, the episode ends with John riding off to meet Mance Raider.
1: Yeah, so basically the reason he's doing this is what happens is, is that they stop the attack, and they're surprised they stopped the attack. But John's smart enough to know that, no, this is basically what it is, is Mance Raider was sending an army in to see, check our defenses, to see what we can do, and that's what it was. So tonight is where the real battle is going to happen. And right. unfortunately, the problem was is that just like Aqaba in Lawrence of Arabia, the wall is only defended on one side because you don't expect anybody to attack it from the south – just as in, in Lawrence Arabia, you don't expect anybody to come through the desert to attack you, so all the guns are pointing to the sea. all The wall only is protected on one side. So that's how Igrin and all of them get into the fort, and they wipe, but they beat them, fortunately. But now they're going to have to do the next night, where about 99,000 soldiers of wildlings. And so John says to Sam, he goes, this, this is what we're going to do, is that I'm going out there and I'm going to assassinate Mance go to him as if I'm going to parry with him and in reality I'm going to assassinate him because if I kill him then the wildling army will collapse because he's the only person that is keeping them together because as you said Mike they're all different different tribes of people and they all hate each other and Mance is the only one that is the glue that's keeping it together but of course if he kills Mance then he's going to get killed too so it's a suicide mission and then then we have this, this cool scene in the tent right
2: Right, and you and you get to really understand how Mance Rader is keeping these people together because he is a charming motherfucker
1: yeah yeah, and, and to be honest i would, i'm after seeing that scene, I am hundred percent convinced that he 's absolutely hundred percent right because there 's no friggin reason that they have to be on they should be stuck on the other side of the wall because they are people just like the people in the south, and why can 't they be protected against the, uh, the others and the, or the White Walkers uh,
0: because they wear fur. Well, yeah. There's
2: also, uh, you know, I don't. I haven't read the history of Westeros, the, the, but there is a history there. You know, what were they doing? I mean, they were there. Well, no, I don't. To, to my knowledge, I don't know that they were actually, banished to that side of the wall. They were just on the other side of the wall when the wall went up.
1: Bingo. That's exactly. And
2: right. it's just bad and luck. I don't know that anyone said, hey. You want to come down over here. The reason they're on that side of the wall is because their ancestors fucked up there and they had birth down there uh, or up there and that's where they stayed. That just happens to be how it is and they weren't smart enough to build their own damn wall. Now they want to run over and hide behind the wall that other people have built. You know, and we understand that there's been issues with the various tribes and the southerners throughout history. So it's not like but we're such wonderful, charming people, and we've never done anything to upset anybody. You know, they're seeing things from their point of view, and it could be some of the tribes are, are kind of decent and, and fine, but others are freaking cannibals
0: right. and savages. <laughs> right. about not that I'm saying – that the
2: Lannisters are any better, but they can do it while knowing exactly which fork to use. Right. <laughs> um, we got our own assholes on this side of the wall. But to my knowledge, the Northerners never came down and went, knock, knock, hey, uh, monster's coming. Can you let us through, please? I don't think they ever tried that one. Right. So you do have a history here. And yes, I understand from his point of view, they want to be on the other side of the wall. But it's not like the Southerners are the ones, or especially none of the living ones, that said, you have to stay on that side of the wall.
0: You're right. They never asked.
1: And to be honest, the bad blood is enough. Because you know, like you know, the first season we have various uh, night watch uh, or crows, as they're called by the wildlings, that have been taken out. In other words, they've been having battles. That's
0: true. The the wildlings do kill random scouts. Right. That's right. Exactly. So there's and there's, um, there's
2: bad blood, and this is you know, not that I want to keep revisiting actual real modern world politics. Oh, but actually- but but so many of the problems in the real world they're caused by people whose families had issues 400 years ago, and they just won't freaking let it go.
1: Sure. And and also, the wildlings refuse to bend at at the knee. So they're not allowed to even come in until they give allegiance to the kings of the south
0: as well. I really like that scene, actually, where he wouldn't even do it for Stannis. Yeah, that was... Right, so... He's he's like, you realize you're, you're totally screwed unless you acknowledge my power. He's like, yeah...
2: But not gonna still, do <laughs>
0: We don't kneel.
2: <laughs> no, don't care. Uh, yeah, so he he basically realizes John's there to kill him. He knows yeah. that John knows it's a suicide mission. Yeah. But he basically makes a peace offering and he is so f- charming and rational. Oh yeah. Big time. You know, and here he's a guy who's like, you know, almost in a fatherly way. He's like, Come on, boy, you know, let's talk this through. You're screwed. Massively, thoroughly, and totally, and there's some evil stuff coming. Just let us through. That's all we want. Of right. course, they're going to get let through and rampage through all the through the South. Um,
1: not necessarily, because Vance, assuming he does have the power he, he has, and he's not a liar, he's saying that all we want to do is, is come to the other side and just settle south of the wall, right south of the wall, and that's it. We don't plan to do any harm to anybody. We just want to be on the other side of the wall. So if you could take his word for it and that his power is enough to keep these kooks in check.
2: Yeah. But I think as we all, we've sort of referred earlier, it's a lot easier to win the war sometimes than it is to win the peace. Yeah, that's for sure. And trying to keep your allies uh, together after they've gotten what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows what would happen, but I certainly would be really wary about trusting the, the, like the cannibal groups that you've allowed in you. And I'm not sure I would trust the people who allied with the cannibals.
1: Right. Right. And and to be honest, the mass murders that the raiding party did at Molestown and all that, enough bad blood that even if you do make the peace and you agree at the ceasefire, can you still trust the Russians?
2: So anyway, in proving that Jon Snow has the best luck this side of Walter White, eh, at the pivotal moment, a horn sounds and in rides Phil's favorite.
1: Oh yes. Yes yeah. the man. Stanis Baratheon.
2: Pretender to the throne. Nonsense. Nonsense. Well the actual rightful heir to the throne legally. <laughs> <Because> I know.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to get a rise out of Phil. Yeah, and it's working.
2: <laughs> and and it is an oh, you know, it's a, it's a great scene that comes in with this mass forming. And again this goes back to what we we're saying the first season or last season that Stannis is the one who understands he said he, he has the interests of the people he's the only one who talks about what the people deserve and not just me 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 mine I want the power and or I'm avenging my father's death or anything and then once he gets the letter that oh shit ice monsters are coming this maybe should take priority and what is he and he does turn his entire war effort to the north he doesn't you know he's now I don't know where he's going from there but it's 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 man. I'm interested in seeing what happens next season.
1: Yeah, right, right. Because because he's he's at the wall. Will the others or White Walkers come right away, or will he then instead go after the Greyjoys or the Boltons, or will he somehow unite the tribes up there, like Howland Reed and, and the Umbers and the Carstarks and all those guys, and then go after? King's Landing after he solidifies the North. I don't know. It's it's going to be curious. You got to figure that season five, Stannis is going to play a big role.
2: I would think, uh, but I do oh, know oh, like actually, certain, actually, yeah. actually
1: he, he could he could become the new leader of the the wildlings. Uh,
0: I don't know that that's happening.
1: Uh, well, uh, you may be right. I don't know, but but it would be curious. I mean, he
0: could, or somebody could poison his button. Yeah.
1: Well, that's true too. You never know.
2: <laughs> or get kicked in the head of his horse as he walks behind it. Uh, th- this is, this is George Martin. We're talking about here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
2: So let me ask you a question, Eric, without telling me what happens, how much more, I mean, how, how caught up are we to the books?
0: It, it's really, really weird. Um, some places I know it depends not, on the storyline, yeah, right? Yeah, it really does. Some places we're not nearly caught up to the books. Uh, like Aria's got a bit of storyline left to go. Uh, she just she's she's probably got the most significant amount of storyline from the books left to go. You got uh,
1: Stannis, right?
0: Mm, no, nah, Stannis has some too. Okay. Uh, but but like uh, and actually Tyrion has some to play out yet too. Yep. Um, but like, uh, well, that's as much as I'm going to say. All right. Well, just because I know, like
2: they basically said that. Bran, we're not seeing this season. That's right. And Hodor,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> they're no, completely no done. Yeah. yeah,
2: and without Hodor, we know therefore this is obviously going to be an inferior season.
0: <laughs> of course. Um,
1: well, and, and also the directors have changed too. So I don't, I'm, I'm disappointed that Alex Gray's decided he's, he's coming back for season six, but he just decided to take a break. He said from season five because he's he's burnt. I mean, you know, he got burnt out. He said in season four, so.
0: Um, no, you know, but it's, it's really interesting what they're doing with the series because, uh, season five, apparently they're going to go significantly off book. Um, yeah. so I, like even having read the books, I won't know for sure what's coming next, which is kind of cool.
1: Also, right. George Martin isn't writing any, any of the plot this, this season he's, he's, he's,
0: five. He, yeah, I wasn't joking.
2: He's off the show this year because basically they, he's getting chained to his desk to write the books.
0: That's right. Well, and uh, he basically had a meeting with showrunners, the Double Ds, and uh, basically told them where the story's headed. Uh, like, th- like he knows the end, and he told them where it's going to end up. He already uh, told
1: them that uh, Jojen Reed was going to die, right?
0: So. <laughs> so, so they know that. But other than that, that the guideline that George R. Martin R. R. gave them, they don't have the actual books. They're not written or finished yet. Uh, and they're going to be writing their own scripts for this, so it could be they could end up with the uh, the season from season five on out being significantly different than the books.
2: Well, yeah, okay. I don't know that it fills me with that much confidence. When I went to the I went to the showrunners and I told them all everything I had planned for the books. Oh, and what they do? They told me I'm not allowed to write for the show anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, no, I, I don't think that's what it is, Mike. Uh,
2: I'm sure that's not how they explained it to him, no. That's no,
1: no, no, I don't, I don't even think that's it either. It's, I, it's, what do you mean Luke
2: is, her sis, is his brother? No, I don't know.
1: It's, it's actually what, what Eric said, which is, uh, a lot, uh, like, Alex Graves decided to take a break as he burnt out. George R. R. Martin decided to take a break because he, has to, he used the past right. year and a half to write the history of the Westeros book, which I highly recommend everybody... Uh, check out it's a damn good book and it's as thick as
2: how many finishes the damn story that he's supposed to be finishing And,
1: (laughs) and and so um he decided to take a break from this season to do that and they also did another thing too the double d's is they decided to have a director five directors to do two episodes each um and do them consecutively so one and two will be one director Three and four will be another director, five and six, seven and eight, and so on. So uh, that was another interesting aspect they decided to do for the upcoming season. But you're right. Bran, his whole story, we're not even going to see him once this whole se- series because they got to have the other stories catch up to Bran's story. So I'm right, going to be curious I... sure to see what Bran looks like in two years from now because the change from season three to four, he looked like a different person. And, then, and being a, you know a young kid – Moving into a teenager to a young adult, I mean, how what's he going to look like?
2: Yeah, it's and they do make it a mention somewhere, I guess, just to address the fact um, is uh, I don't remember who it was who said I've been fighting Joffrey's wars for years, right? So the idea is that at least in the show they're acknowledging a lot more time has passed than I think is actually passed in the book, right? Oh yeah. Um, and, and given the number amount of people who walk from place to place because they can't afford afford horses, that explains why you can stretch things out. <laughs> I'm curious how badly the show is going to suffer from the fact that they have lost Charles Dance. Uh, they charged, lost Charles Dance, who made every scene he was in and every actor he worked with better. No offense to anyone he was doing but, that
1: to, but but we could have said that about Sean Bean too in season one, right?
2: Right. And, and that's why I'm curious. And because, you know, it's like in baseball. If you keep replacing your pitcher, you're eventually going to find the pitcher who sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same yeah, thing. Like, you you, you replace Sean Bean with Charles Dance. Okay, good. Who's replacing them? Maybe that'll be the actor whose name escapes who's playing Mance Raider. And right. he's really good. Or maybe they let Stannis step up and he's really good. But. You know, who gets the, who gets their screen time? But you also don't have Joffrey, and maybe you didn't have him for most of the season, but you don't have Joffrey as the team right, villain all, anymore.
1: Yeah, and he was awesome last year. There's no doubt. Oh, you know who's going to yeah. replace him? It's going to be...
2: Bruce, uh, um, not Roots.
1: Re- Yeah, Bolton, uh, his son. Uh,
2: uh, Ramsey.
1: Ramsey, yeah, yeah. It's going to be Ramsey. Right,
2: but yeah. he's... but Who's different? He's creepy. He's he, I'm really uncomfortable when he's on screen. Yeah. Um, you know what are they going to do uh, with that? You know, yeah, because they did, just did lose so many people. You know what, if any role is there for the Hound? You know, the Hound is gone. So who is Arya going to be interacting with? You know, first season you had Arya with Ciriom Martel. Then this next season you had Arya with Charles Dance, and then the last two seasons you've had Arya with the Hound. Right. Arya hasn't had to. Uh, Maisie Williams hasn't had to carry much on her own. And I, I'm again, this is not a criticism of the actress. I like the actress. But she's going to meet somebody. Who is she meeting? And oh, I'm sure yeah. the books have answered that. But the key is who is the actor and how is their chemistry going to be? And can they bring the same stuff? Now, this show has given us a lot of reason to be hopeful. And the fact that they hire a whole bunch of Brits, so as we all know, the Brits have the acting gene. Sure. Um, and they really haven't let us down on casting yet. You know, you look at how important characters like Brienne and uh and uh, uh ramsey snow and charlie yeah. and the hound and the, well, the, well the hound's been there for sure. all these characters that came in later oh okay And yeah, oberon yeah. right oberon and uh marjorie all these actors and actresses they brought in after the fact yeah and they've hit them they've hit it every single time
1: yeah ross bolton
2: right Ruth. yeah all these characters yeah. so
1: ed, ed, ed moore tully he was damn good yeah last season yeah no, you're right. The, whoever the casting director is, I mean, that's the person that probably should get the most credit for the show because the casting director is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, because the people they, they've been bringing in and they're all these people are unknowns or, or character actors or whatever, except for a handful. And even the, the big stars like Sean Bean and Charles Dance are really just character actors. Right. You know, and, and
2: sure, Sean, Sean Bean was not a household name. He hadn't even become an Internet meme yet at that point.
1: <laughs> right that's a good point so you're right you're right i'll be curious i mean there's going to be i heard there's the, you know there's the martels and there's the that haven't really been brought in much right so they could bring more of those characters in they could be bringing more characters in from the, uh the family that marjorie's from uh the tyrells yeah so so there's there's those families um they could expand the gray joys you got you know there's going to be more Greyjoys, right and then and then there's the whole cast of Iraq. There's a bunch of Lannisters over there as well. So they could introduce new characters too. So, yeah, who knows? And, and what's going to happen to Jormund, uh after he got booted out by De- Daenerys? Right. You know, so and I can't believe his character just disappears into the...
2: Well, he was working with... Well, I, I'm going to guess. He was working for the Spider. Yeah, Varys. And Varys has left King's Landing.
1: Yeah, okay. That's a good one.
2: Here. Um Varus, I you know, I think I I don't think they were that subtle, but he was kind of keeping a tab on on um on Daenerys, and I suspect it has some more loyalty to the Targaryens than he ever did the Lannisters. So it'd be interesting if their stories intersect.
1: Yeah, hey, good point, yeah, good point. It's possible, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's possible. And the Area is going to Bravos too, which is Esso as well, the same area.
2: Right. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's 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 a lot of possibilities, and what's going to happen with Daenerys' dragons? And uh, are without uh, Eric? Are the dragons still in the cave in the books? When
0: at the well at the point that we're at currently in the books, right? Because it's, it's she locked it's, up.
2: Uh, she locked I'm tell- up.
0: Her- I'm telling you, it's really hard to even tell where we're at in the books anymore. Okay, like, in the books, does she lock the dragons up
2: the way she did in the TV show? Yes. And is that where? I don't. I don't think this is spoiling anything for anybody, since the dragons were alive when they were locked up.
0: I. I, That's all I'm saying. You're not getting anything else out of me.
2: Well, we know they're going to get out. No, no, no. All I'm asking is if, in the books, have they been have they gotten out or been let out?
0: I'm not telling you that.
2: They're coming out eventually. We all know that. Well, then why are you asking? I'm asking if they've gotten to that point in the books yet.
1: So, you're, you're asking if the Daenerys storyline, the last book that she appears, she, the dragon. Are the dragons
0: in the cave? Gotcha. Or in the dungeon? I, honestly, two- I, I can't remember about all of them. I, I, re- I remember specifically about one of them. Well, we know the black dragon
2: is out. He hasn't. Because just like they killed the wrong wolf, mm-hmm. you know, she locked up the two innocent dragons. Right. Yep. That's
0: just not right. <laughs> I I honestly can't remember whether the other ones got out or not. Okay. It's been like, right. believe it or not, it's been two years now since I read the last book. So.
2: Yeah, and I gotta wonder, like is, is Cersei gonna be a, a sufferable villain on her own?
0: She's no oh, oh, she, oh, Cersei's got some storyline left to go. <laughs> oh I'm sure she's got storyline. <laughs> but Cersei oh, just Cersei's wait. been kept in place by her father the whole time. Uh, um, just and wait. I think we've
2: sh- and I think we've seen that she's maybe Mike.
0: not the not the best schemer on her own. <laughs> so all, all I'm going to say is there may be a shift in the political landscape. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I will say this, Mike: that Cersei's in the book is more evil than she is in the TV show. Because yes. in the book, yeah,
2: that's 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 what you guys have mentioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the book, we learn that she actually is the murderer of Robert Baratheon. She is. She aborted any child that he was the father of, and just said it was a miscarriage. And and there's a bunch of other stuff, but either way, she she is so evil in the book. It's, it's just ridiculous. And um, she is basically Joffrey in the book. Um, and that's okay. no, that's not spoiling anything because all these things occurred in you know, if they had room, they would have had all this happen in season one. So, so with that. I think we can wrap it up. Oh, yeah, so that's that's season four of Game of Thrones. If you didn't follow season one through three, you wouldn't have known anything what we were talking about. But assuming you're a fan of the, the show, you knew exactly what we were talking about and heard our opinions and discussions of what we think of various characters.
2: I'm going out on a limb and saying we squeaked two episodes out of this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm believing that as well. Um, so... Uh, Game of Thrones is still the best TV show and Mike summed it up perfectly which will be curious to see what actors will replace the actors that have gone and Eric has a damn good point too which is how will they go since now they're going to be leaving the books possibly.
2: And does Theon get his penis back?
1: Yeah. That poor bastard man. Oh and and if you read uh, the history of Westeros uh, i think um it states that Varys is the same way he wasn't just castrated he was emasculated yeah missed it. it's just terrible yeah fucking lousy westeros and Essos.
2: <laughs> i i
0: do, I do like I, the
1: w- conversation I, he I has with Oberon
2: with when he says wait you didn't like you don't like boys no How? you know it's like <laughs> i thought i just thought you were a pedophile i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, Eric, you
1: were about to say something. <laughs> I forgot. Poor um, Garrus being stereotyped. All right, so uh, Game of Thrones Season 5 comes in April of 2015, and it will probably be uh, the most highly anticipated show of the year, I think, in any genre, for that matter. So I guess that's it. Any okay. final thoughts, uh, Mike?
0: I'm tired.
1: Yeah, me same. too. All right, me too. All right, so with all that stated, Eric, when do you leave us out?
0: Alright, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Season 4 of Game of Thrones. Tune in next week when we'll be talking about something else.